What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin Coles. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's a small world and business connects us all. So buckle up and let's grow together. All right, guys. A little bit of a shorter one today. A lot of stuff going on on both ends here. So we're going to keep it a little bit short. Uh, Dan, what did you think about last week's episode, the episode with Andre? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And it's kind of like, there's a message I keep hearing when we have guests on. And it's like the sacrifices they had to make in order to, you know, live out their dream. Um, Whether it be Andre having to live in his gym for like a month to kind of cut down on costs and kind of, you know, dedicate everything he had financially into, you know, Alpha Omega. Or whether it be Charles, he talked about how he had to kind of scale back and, you know, live in a trailer for a little bit to kind of, you know, cut costs and kind of, focus on, you know, pharmacy, vegan kitchen. So it was like, you know, there's times, especially when you're starting out creating your own business where you have to sacrifice certain things. Um, and this tends to be materialistic stuff. So it was like, keep hearing that. And even something you echoed too and how like on Instagram, you see, you know, the glitz and glamour of being like a business owner, but you don't necessarily see, you know, the grunt work that they're putting in behind the scenes, you know, like the sacrifices that they had to make. So I think that was like the key nugget that I kind of took away from, you know, last week's uh, episode with Andre. Yeah. How about yourself? Sure. I, uh, I, I could completely agree with you. Uh, it was interesting talking. My dad listens to this pretty much every week. And so the, one of the comments from my dad was, you know, it was, it was good that you guys went back to business for a little while. Cause we've had a lot of conversations now yeah. that have kind of skewed a little bit away from business. Yeah. Um, which like I'm I'm fine with. I've been happy with the conversations we've been having. I think that they're important conversations to have. Right. But my dad was kind of like, you know, you started this relatively as a business podcast. Like it's important to have the conversations. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm by trade in the fitness industry. I have my degree in and basically exercise science. Like it's, it's what I've done. It's what I do. You know, stuff like that. So it was it was good to hear someone that's done it successfully. Someone that does it full time. Yeah. And have that conversation. I've known Andre for you know a handful of months now, so it's a good conversation. Did you get any motivation from that to kind of venture into what you're trying to get back up and running? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I would say more so yes. Even Andre, you know, with him and I talked a little bit. You had to run. You had an event for Bubba, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know, Andre and I were talking afterwards, and he's like, "Dude, I could do so much better if I went online." And he yeah. knows it. It's Online training is a big money maker because you can scale it quickly and easily. Right. But all of his passion is for the in-person side of things. It's creating relationships and forming those and fostering those. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I was burnt out from the in-person training to an extent. So yes and no. I mean, it was it was comforting to hear him literally just be like, hey, online you can grow really quick. And I pretty much explained to him kind of what I've got working on. You know, he was like, yeah, it's not bad, but he was if you're if you can make it work, do it. Mm-hmm. So a little hemming and hawing, a little back and forth. But yeah, I short answer relatively yes. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um today we are gonna touch on your I don't know, like, I don't think I can call it a situation, but what you've been working on, because we've touched on it a lot in episodes briefly. Yeah. But we haven't really talked about it you know we've touched on it we haven't talked about it i think that that would be a good way to put it mm-hmm. i want to deep dive into your non-for-profit i want to deep dive into the process i want to deep dive into what it's looked like 
deep dive into where you see it going and what the plan is, everything. Let's take a deep dive. Okay. Uh, you know, like I said, a little bit shorter of an episode because I need to study. You've got to do a thousand different things, I'm sure. Yeah. So let's get after it today. Um, not for profit. You said it a million times. Is Shirley's temple? Yeah, Shirley's temple. Um, and so I think, like you said, we touched on it a few times and um, past episodes. But for anyone listening for the first time or you know tuning in. Um, so Shirley's Temple is a not-for-profit I just started. It's fully registered here in the state of Florida. Um, still, you know, waiting to hear back from the IRS as far as getting that 501c3 clearance. Anyone in a not-for-profit knows you can't, I mean, you can make moves without it, but it's a game changer once you get it. So I'm checking the mail every day. I'm praying every night, just hoping, you know, that it comes in sooner than, than later. Um, but Shirley's Temple... Um, our mission is to assist single parents in obtaining affordable housing. And so something that's near and dear to me, if anyone knows my personal story, I come from a single parent household. Uh, my mother, you know, once she got herself clean and in a right position, always dreamed of like buying her first home with the hopes of, you know, us, my sister and I kind of, you know, all living together, having our own rooms, our own space in a healthy home environment. Um, anyone that knows my mother, she's very dedicated. She's a hard worker, but she's always lacked that financial backing to kind of, you know, get over the hump and, you know, buy her first home. She did later on in life, but it was to the point, uh, my sister was already outside of the house and I was like about to dip out too and go to college. So, um, seeing how that kind of weighed on her, you know, and having to rent for a long time and not really building equity. Um, was always a mission of mine. It's like once I got myself into a position, you know, and somewhat successful, um, I use quotations on that because there's a, a long way that I have to go, but I am, you know, pretty comfortable now in life. Um, and so it was always my way of kind of giving back. Um, so creating something like Shirley's Temple, you know, helping that single parent that's, you know, grinding, that's working three jobs, that's, you know, have, you know, two, three kids, however many kids. And they just dream of like buying their first home. Like that's where we come in and we're going to, you know, provide the extra, you know, back and to kind of get them over the hump and into, you know, their first home. But it's not all about the financial backing. It's not all about just cutting a check to help someone mm -hmm. buy a home. Yeah. Um, you know, you have mentioned several times to me off camera, uh, a couple different things, some different classes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you mentioned something about, you know, if they're trying to find a better full-time job, you've said that in the past. Yep. One of my questions, and I actually didn't have it until you started talking, you know, single parent working three jobs, they're never home. Mm -hmm. Are what are you helping with the kids? Like what's that look like? Are you helping find daycare? Are you helping fund daycare? What is that gonna look like? Or are you partnering with Bubba to put them in mentoring? What's that? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's actually a good point and something I never really thought about until you said it. But, you know, my my goal is to partner with other organizations and, you know, charities that already have systems in place that we can kind of tap into. And so um, with Shirley's Temple, I created like a program design. And like you said, it will be like three steps. The first step is to kind of provide that single parent with a subsidy to kind of help them maintain their current living situation. So say, 
if the rent went up by like 200 bucks, we'll provide that 200 bucks, $200 stipend or a subsidy, if you will, to kind of help them stay afloat and kind of bring them through the program. Uh, phase two would be providing them with, you know, financial literacy courses um, to kind of help them learn about budgeting, you know, what goes into, you know, owning a home, uh, saving, um, credit restorations, so all like the financial tidbits that they need uh, to be financially, you know, safe in a sense. And we're also going to work with them if they need any additional like education or, you know, certification to kind of help them obtain a job that provides a livable wage. And so that's a key component to that, that step and something that they can, you know, use for forever. Uh, if you think about it. So say for instance, if a single parent was, you know, in nursing school, but you know, was pregnant during the time and had to drop out and never really finished nursing school. We want to make sure we help them get back into nursing, uh, finish their schooling, get the accreditations and certifications that they need uh, to get, you know, back into being like a nurse per se. And that's just one example of many. Um, and then phase three would be, you know, helping them with a, um, a down payment for their first home. Uh, so bring them through like the whole program. But like you said, there are things that we have to, you know, touch on too, whether it be, you know, if the single parent is, you know, working three jobs, you know, how do we then, you know, entertain the, the children during that time? Because the mother's already strapped for time. So it's like having to throw on like a financial literacy course that they have to do on their spare time, you know, would be a lot for them to undertake. And so um, maybe we'll do something with Bubba to where we can have the kids, you know, come out to our events while the mother is like away studying and, you know, doing the courses or even partnering, partnering with other organizations that could kind of help out with, you know, not only like entertaining the kids, but, you know, maybe there's, you know, past substance abuse issues, you know, helping the mother with the, or the parents with that. Um, maybe there's like some, some trauma within the family. So uh, leaning on my, um, you know, my therapy network and, you know, mindfulness network people that knows the ins and outs of you know dealing with trauma so there's a lot that goes into it still um uh, even with the program design strategic plan i know there's going to be you know us making tweaks to all of that as we get each single parent through the program because um i think like no parent would be like the same there'll always be something different you know with each parent we kind of admit through the program but um that is a good point that you kind of raise and you know having other things we can kind of tap into um to assist that single parent um by all means really so how difficult has it been getting all of this going while working full-time getting all the paperwork filed putting together a full plan what's been the hardest part for you how hard has it been et cetera et cetera um i think the hardest part is time management um, cause like you said, I do work a full-time job. Um, it does require a lot from me, especially, um, recently with certain changes that we had to go through. And so I'm being called to, you know, put forth more effort and, you know, step into certain positions to help out the team. And so with working full-time and then something I was just talking to you about it, like, I didn't realize that, you know, starting a not-for-profit is pretty much like starting a, a business, you know, you got to put, you know, the necessary work in to create like a strategic plan, program design. Um, I'm networking, I'm making connections. I'm doing research on grants or 
other not-for-profits I can kind of, you know, tap into. Um, so there's a lot. There's there's honestly a lot. And I think the hardest part was just trying to manage my time because it's like, yeah, I love what I do for a career and it's like a passion of mine, but it's like the not-for-profit has become like my purpose, as I keep continue to say. And so, you know, of course, I want to dedicate more time to my purpose. Um but at the same time, it doesn't pay the bills. And like, I got to keep the lights on and, you know, things going. And so the hardest thing is like just finding the time and energy too, because after working maybe like a 10 to 11 hour day at work is like the last thing I want to do is come home and like, you know, follow up on emails or do research. But um, I have been, you know, trying to do that. And one thing I just talked to like my therapist about this too, because I was getting to like that burnt out phase where it's like, I don't only do anything to be honest sometimes and so she was like you gotta set boundaries with yourself and i was like what do you mean by that she was like well dedicate a certain amount of days during the week that you're gonna dedicate to working on your not-for-profit don't feel like you have to work on it every night and at the same time with work don't feel like you have to work 10 hour days every day like dedicate certain days a week where you're out of the office by 5 30 6 o'clock at the latest so that you do give your time to recuperate and you know can focus on other things in life and so that really took you know took I took that to heart and really kind of you know been playing in the back of my mind all week and so the hardest thing yeah like I said is time management and just finding you know the energy to deal with it all and now it's like I'm trying to actually build a team to kind of help out with the day-to-day so that it's not just on me because like we always said, you know, having a team is essential to anyone's success, especially a business or not-for-profit. You need the people around you that will support you, that will, you know, pick up the slack, that will, you know, just lend a helping hand. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to focus on now and is building that team to kind of help this really get up and going. Okay. And, and it's interesting you say, you know, the biggest issue is time management. If I remember correctly, I believe it was – Gabby, who said that, you know, how do you, how do you manage your time? And she just laughed and went, you don't, uh, you know, so that's, it's, it's interesting you say that. And it's, it's something that even not necessarily working on putting together a business right now, I still experience yeah. because I mean, I'm, for those of you that know me, I'm studying for my series 65 exam through work. And I was, I was telling you that, you know, I've got, three and a half chapters that I want to get done this weekend. I'm looking at 12 hours of online lectures this weekend alone, let alone what I do at work, let alone, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So the time management something that, you know, you never really master or figure out. Right. Uh, I had another question for you. Uh, you know, you had mentioned that it's really become your purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shirley's temple. That is. Now, when you look at it, we talked earlier before cameras were started about, you know, mission and drive and why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it hits close to home. Mm-hmm. What is the end goal here? What is the grandiose plan? What do you hope to accomplish besides just putting a mom in a home? I just, um, to be honest, just, Helping correct the the generational trauma that you see in in some single parent households, where is like the mother or father came from a single parent household, and so now they're single parents, and then 
you know, their kids not really seeing a stable home or even like a stable like environment, to be honest, because, you know, myself and a lot of people that I know that come from single parent households didn't always grow up in the best environments. And so, you know, by starting Shirley's Temple and long term vision, it's it is, you know, correct that generational trauma that you see in, in these single parent households. And, you know, I can see us, of course, we're going to start in Florida now, but I want to eventually scale this throughout the U.S., you know, maybe even other countries if I can to where, you know, we're not just focused on single parents in Florida, but, you know, single parents in, you know, Pennsylvania or Delaware or, you know, out west somewhere. So um trying to just touch as many lives as I can, you know, with this and trying to just, like we said before, that trickle down effect. Hopefully, you know, that single parent that we help, you know, their kids seeing that will then maybe be like, hey, I remember being in a program called Shirley's Temple where my mom or dad you know, but their first home. So maybe I can start something similar and then, you know, give back in that way. And so, like we always say, it becomes that trickle down effect to where it's like us helping someone then allows them hopefully to help someone else. And then, you know, them help someone else and help someone else. So it becomes that continuous cycle of, you know, people just helping each other, which, you know, I feel like we need more of nowadays. Um, Absolutely. There's, there's so much just negativity in the world. Yeah. That you can just spread that little bit of love, you know, it'll definitely go a long way. Yeah. That being said, I I don't know why I can't hold on to a question with that. Uh, <laughs> it's early. It's early. <laughs> we've talked a little bit yeah. about an event that you're working on putting together. Mm. I know some things have popped up, some things are getting moved around, whatever the case is. Yeah. Touch on the events a little bit, what that's gonna look like. Uh, you know, I know time and date are up in the air, locations up in the air, Well, but you're trying to put together an event to kind of get this off the ground. Touch on that a little bit. Yeah. And so, um, kind of like you said, I am trying to have my first event and it's something I didn't really think of until Matt said something after we had recorded his episode and he was like, yeah, let's do an event for it. And I was like, oh, something I never really thought about. Um, and so this, the first event that we have coming up. Uh, would be like a launch slash, you know, fundraising event for Shirley's Temple. Um, a launch in a sense to where, you know, some of the people that's been with me along the way, I can kind of bring them together with some of the people that I met along the way through networking and making connections um, to kind of really launch this thing and, you know, thank them for, you know, all the support that they kind of, you know, showed me um, throughout this whole process. And then there'll be the fundraising piece too, to where, you know, I am trying to, you know, get that initial funding for, for Shirley's Temple so that it's not just straight out of my pocket with everything because uh, I was just talking to you about this. Like, it is expensive, you know, when it comes to running a not-for-profit. And, you know, there's no real tangible ROI, you know, as in, like, if you're running a business, you know, like, if you invest X amount of dollars, you expect to get X amount back, you know. But with this, is like, I'm not getting anything back when it comes to, you know, financial gains. And that's not why I'm doing it. Um, um, but it is, you know, helpful to have fundraising events that would kind of bring in, you know, donations and, uh, money outside of just myself. And so the first event is going to be just about that. Um, like you said, location is still up in the air. Um, talk to someone Thursday and I think I might have a spot. I'm just waiting for her to, you know, cross her I's and dot her T's, um, so I can actually get the space. Excuse me. You don't cross I's or dot T's. What I cross oh, <laughs> the, the opposite, the opposite. It's still early. It's still early. 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I have the location locked down. Um, the day I still want to keep as is because I am working with Matt on this a little bit. Um, he's gonna you know provide the appetizers, and he's he's busy as well too. And so the only real day he has out of his schedule is you know that day, um, which I'll let more people know about it once we once everything is solidified. Um, and so. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to make T-shirts for it, too, and that's becoming a whole fiasco. Um, making T-shirts in the sense to where uh, we can kind of offer that for sale and all proceeds from the sale of the T-shirts go back into Shirley's Temple. And so it's just a way to kind of, like, find alternative ways to kind of raise funding for Shirley's Temple because my hope and my goal is to have that first family in the program by, you know, end of Q1, 2023, start of Q2, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we do need funding to kind of get them in and get them going. Um, and so this is the first event of many. Um, one of the things I have learned along the way and from talking to people is that, you know, events do bring in a significant amount of funding for non-for-profits. And so my plan going forward would be to have at least two events each year um, with the hope of bringing in funding. Uh, as far as the type of events, I'm not sure. There's a lot of options. Um, a buddy was talking about having like maybe a golf outing next year to kind of bring in funding. Um, maybe continue to do like events like we're going to do the first time around where it's like a happy hour type of event. Um, you can work with other restaurants and, you know, companies in the area that maybe if we host something there, like all proceeds from us having events there go into Shirley's Temple. So um, there's a lot in my mind when it comes to the events, but this first event, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully everything pans out by early next week so that I do have the location solidified, you know, the date and the time solidified um, so that I could try to tell more people about it. But um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. It'll be, you know, just, a uh, fulfilling moment on my part because it's like this all started as like a, a dream and a vision and I think actually having that first event would kind of like feel surreal in a sense but at the same time like seeing you know all the hard work that I put in coming to fruition is definitely something I'm looking forward to to experiencing if you cry I'm gonna make fun of you I I might I might it's funny because it's like I, <laughs> I was just thinking about this last night I didn't get too much sleep I was like at some point during the night, I want to actually, you know, take a time out and like address everyone that's there and just kind of tell them, you know, about Shirley's Temple, why, and kind of thank them for like everything. And I'm like, man, what if I start crying like mid, you're gonna cry <laughs> mid combo? But I'm like, hey, it is what it is. Like, I'll I'll shed a tear real quick. Uh, yeah. And so, in regards to t-shirts, you know, you reached out to a couple different people. What's that process looking like? It's a whole separate process that even I was like, when I did it for first year performance, my training company, I was like, this is a lot more goes into this than I thought it did. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I thought it would just be like simple as just, all right, I got the decal. I can screen print it. All right, here you go. But it's like, if you talk to like companies in the area, they want you to, you know, there's a, a, a minimum as far as like quantity of t-shirts they're willing to kind of produce because um, they still had to make their back end when it comes to that too. So it's understandable, but you know, the simplest things from like matching the colors that you want to the texture of the t-shirt, the type of t-shirt, the quality, like it's almost <laughs> becoming like 
a third job almost trying to find someone that can not only produce the type of t-shirt that I want, but uh, produce it in a cost effective way to where it's like, I'm not really shelling out, you know, a thousand dollars for 50 t-shirts just to make back, you know, 200 bucks, which is like, doesn't make sense at all. So um still looking into that. There's a couple of options and one Jalen actually put me on because he's doing it for Bubba to where there's a site called Bonfire and there's sites like this, but they'll produce the t-shirt for you and you can just direct whoever wants to buy it to their website. And that way, I mean, they still get a cut out of like the proceeds, but then a, pro- a portion of it does go back to you. Um, and they cut down on like the uh, expenses that goes into like making a t-shirt. So I'm thinking about doing that, but at the same time for the event, I do want t-shirts on hand for anyone that wants to buy it. And so, yeah, still working through that process. It's, it's a lot. Hopefully this weekend, that's my goal is to kind of like crank that out and at least get someone that can, you know, help out with that. Cause I have talked to Tyler who helped you make your t-shirts and he's been very helpful too, but he's a busy person as well. He's like, yeah, I just do this on the side. I mean, I work yeah. and I go to school and I do all these other things. So he's like, as much as I want to help you out, I just, you know, not that he doesn't have the time, but the amount that I'm trying to produce is just, you know, it's Too a much. lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's been a whole different process in itself. One that I, I'm not familiar with. <laughs> and so trying to, you know, navigate through the ins and outs of that has been a, you know, a, a task in itself, but you know, we're, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. It's a lot. There's a lot that goes into starting a business, starting a not-for-profit and yeah. Oftentimes, I feel like it's the little things that get overlooked until you have to get to them. Yeah. You know, the making of the t-shirts, right. the finding a location for your event right. that you didn't realize is going to be so difficult. Finding food for the event that fell into your lap and you're like, wow, that was a big deal. That's super easy now. Right. Stuff like that, like little things that just kind of go gloss over your head mm. tend to be the bigger deals than actually just filing the paperwork. Paperwork's easy. It takes 10 minutes. Right. But then it's the little shit that you don't think about that you're like, oh, my God, this is going to take me weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's so, funny. Yeah. With Shirley's Temple, I thought it would be like something I could just do on the side and be like, all right, dedicate, you know, an hour maybe here and there. But no. <laughs> like I said, it's like having a, a second job. And, you know, this being my vision is like, you know, I've kind of held off on bringing people in uh, until like I kind of got it up and running because I didn't want that vision to get cloudy. but. Um, it has been a lot, but like at the end of the day, like it'll be very re- rewarding and very fulfilling once, you know, we do start to change lives. So that's oh, all that's that matters. Good. Do you have anything else that you wanted to go over today? That's it. That's it. Just want to, you know, discuss more about, you know, Shirley's Temple, the not-for-profit that I started and being a, a founder of that, um, yeah. and hopefully bringing more attention to that to where, uh, when we do have the event, I can let more people know uh, about it. And if anyone wants to contribute or donate, I did create a website. It's uh, Um We can probably put that in like the notes maybe. Um, so if you want to just check out the website, there's an um, option to donate. If you want to donate, um, if you want to get feedback, anything. Uh, it's very. If you want to be involved or, you know, if this is something that kind of resonates with you and you want to get involved, just definitely let me know. There's a contact information form at the bottom. So fill that out. 
I'll get the email. I'll respond back. Um, but yeah, that's it. Now, yep. I would never recommend someone donate anything to anyone, but I will say as a not-for-profit slash charity, there are a lot of tax, yes. positive tax implications on donating. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are aware of it, you know the positives of donating charities. For those of you that aren't aware, I would implore you to research on what donating to a charity, how it's beneficial to you at the end of the year when tax season hits. All right. Consider it. It's it's a pretty positive thing that money will go help people. Yep. And it helps your bottom line at the end of the day. Uh, Dan, since we went over your story today, go ahead and pick a number, one to 3,000. Oh, I get to pick a number? Uh, <laughs> this is better than talking about the not for I know. That's really why I wanted to do it. I don't want to pick a number. Hopefully it's a good one. I know last week was a little little up in the air. Uh, let's go question 1,212. Little angel number 1212. What three wishes? What three wishes would you grant the world? Oh. Um, I think number one, easy off back, is this love, more love. Um, uh, like we touched on, just spreading love, because you know, the world we live in now, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of pain, um, all of that. There's a lot of projection. So we could find a, a way to just spread more love, but go back to the 70s in a sense is where everyone just loved everyone, you know, that's one wish. Um, second wish is to get rid of homelessness. Because uh, you see it so much now, and you know a lot of it is due to, you know, some people's mental issues and that being a big deal now um, in the world. And so it always breaks my heart seeing like a homeless person, you know, begging for money or just laying on the side of the street um, to where every time if I have money on me, which is, you know, not that often. But when I do, it's like I give it to them, even if they're not using it for the right ways. It's like, what's a dollar or five dollars to me when, you know, I see someone, you know, reaching out for help. I'm going to give it to them. So um, correcting homelessness, getting rid of that. And then step three. I would say people just come more self-aware, you know, of, you know, not only of themselves, but their history, how they are, uh, what kind of made them the way they are. Um, Cause that's one thing I've kind of been working on the last couple of years is becoming more self-aware and, you know, trying to reprogram some of the things I've kind of witnessed and experienced that kind of made me who I am, uh, good or bad, you know, mostly the bad stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's three. So spread more love, and homelessness, and then people becoming more self-aware. Um, yeah. How about yourself? What do you What do you got? World hunger is a big one. Uh, impacts a lot of people. But I saw something the other day for the first time in like history. We have more people die from overeating than we do from undereating. Really? Um, no, the truth behind it, who knows? Yeah. But it's just a wild thing to even think about. But there's still people all over the world that are going hungry and, you know, some of them homeless here in the United States or, you know, those kids with, with the parent working three jobs and don't have time to go get groceries, whatever the case Yeah. and homelessness and hunger is a big one for me. Um, do, do, do you would think I would have gone further ahead? I would say changing the education system. I think there's a lot going on. On the American side of things, I can't speak for foreign education systems. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
a lot of stuff being taught in schools that shouldn't be taught in schools right now, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion, but I'm not going to deep dive into that. I was going to say, we can, we can if you want. <laughs> Cause I've, I, yeah, I'm just, I always say my kids are going to go to private school at this point. I was like, I'll, I'll, if, even if I'm broke, I'll find a way to afford it. Yeah. But just some of the stuff that gets taught and put in some of these lectures is, especially yeah. like elementary and middle school. Yeah. Kids don't need to be learning. Like, teach my kid how to do addition and subtraction. Right. Leave it at that. And then let me teach other stuff. That's why I'm here. Yeah. You know, um, like one thing I've never noticed until recently is how, you know, the school system, it was built to kind of like make you into like a worker and a productive society member. And not really like, it teaches you structure. Like, all right, you have class at this time. All right, change class at this time. So it's like teaches you how to like, you know, get to the day as like a worker, not necessarily like, I mean, some knowledgeable things, but you know, yeah. When I, when I heard that, I was like, it blew my mind. But if you think about it, it's like, it's so true. Um, But I think, I do think another piece of changing the education system for me, at least would be taking the pressure away from going to college. mm -hmm. One of the comments I made to my dad right after I graduated is if I could do it all over again, I never would have gone to college. I never played college football. I would have gone to trade school. Oh, okay. Okay. I would have been an underwater welder and made a hundred thousand dollars at 20 years old. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> there's so, there's such an opening in trade schools that is overlooked because everyone's like, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. College right. isn't for everybody. It's, it's not. I yeah. think if you can prove that you can run a business at 18, don't go to college, go mm-hmm. run a business. If you can prove that you have certain skills, whatever, like I think even the requirement to have a college degree for a lot of jobs is just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's a piece of changing education. So I would, you know, lump that in with that. Okay. Um, the third one, because that was two. Yeah, it was two. Okay. I would say the third one and suicide. Mm. Uh, you know, we've talked about it, something that I'm pretty passionate about. Yeah. Uh, I believe the number is 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Mm. Um, it's a huge, you know, endemic in the United States right now, in my opinion. Not only on the veteran side of things, but kids you know adults whatever uh, people just see it as a way out and it, it, it's not shouldn't be seen that way so i think that ending that would be my third wish my third granted wish mm. Mm. those are good ones they're all good mm. all, all right good. guys we uh appreciate you guys listening tuning in yeah. we will uh be back next week we need to be more consistent about this it's just tough with everything going on in life right now busy people yeah we, uh, but we do, we try to prioritize it. Uh, yeah. you know, once I finish this damn test, <laughs> my schedule opens up a lot. Right. It'll be all worth it though. It'll be all worth it once you get through it. Yeah. All right, guys, we will, uh, I'll catch you next week. All Take right, care, buddy. All right. See you, man. Peace. Yeah.